Well, hey, we've been, uh, we've been digging into the, the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, familiar for some of us, maybe a little bit newer for others of us. Has it been good, though? You've enjoyed this? Yeah, I listened back to Brian's message from last week, and uh, just, just really great. And so I'm, I'm hoping that it will be catalytic for you and for your, your souls. Uh, we got many children of the 80s and 90s in here, so you were Super Mario Brothers players, right, until your thumbs almost fell off. And so uh, you remember the superstar? I'm praying that this series will kind of be like the superstar. You hit that star, you get a little boost, right? You get some speed, you get a little confidence because you're untouchable, uh, you get some fresh music. That theme song was pretty good. And likewise, I'm praying that this series for your prayer life will be a pick-me-up. It'll be confidence in your prayer life. It'll be freshness. Freshness. It's, it's just been all of that for me and just kind of causing me to see my life differently, see my life uh, in light of the force of the power of God behind me just been so, so good. And so that's always what the Lord's Prayer can do for your soul at any season of life. It's not necessarily meant to be uh, read and recited verbatim over and over and over again, but we can come back to it because Jesus has given it to us to, to come back so that we can just be reminded of uh, God's power and his position and his provision and his pardon for sin and his protection over our lives. And so uh, come back to that and be reminded, hey, that is all mine and be powered up. So hopefully you've been powering up, getting the star power and uh, moving forward with a little bit of speed, pepping your step and some freshness. True? Has that been true for you? Good, it has, has for me. So hey, uh, this study also comes in conjunction with our church's 21 days of prayer where we've been praying uh, for the past 21 days every day for something very specific. And today is our last official day of the 21 days of prayer. And so I want to say thank you to all of you guys who have been praying very fervently uh, for various things that we've been asking you to pray specifically for. And I, I hope that though the, the official 21-day period ends today, uh, that you will continue on in, in prayer for our church family. I know that uh, we need it. Uh, 2018, we believe, is going to be a very pivotal year for our church family. We've got a lot of new believers uh, in, in this place. We've got a lot of new churches that we're, we're, we're trying to be a part of launching. We, we're going to be bringing on new staff. Uh, God, I know, is doing a new work in a lot of our hearts. And, and uh, as you know, we've been praying for a new facility for quite some time. And so, a uh, big year, very big year. Uh, please keep praying with us uh, for the church family. Can you agree to that? Is that good? All right, thank you, thank you. That'd be, that'd be awesome. So, every week uh, during this study, we are reciting aloud the Lord's prayer together in the New King James Version. And so some of you have been memorizing it. And so uh, now would be the time to uh, look away from the screen as we read it together. Uh, and if you haven't, look up on the screen. If you're like, I'm halfway there, close your right eye. Let's see what we can do. You ready? Uh, but let's pray this. Let's, let's pray it, uh, not just mechanically, but let's actually focus on the content of this prayer uh, that Jesus has given us, uh, beginning at our Father. You ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Love it. 
Love it. So good. Uh, this prayer has been very good for uh, my soul, hopefully very good for your soul as well. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to land at the third personal petition, the last petition of this prayer. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. From Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Now, here's where most people immediately go uh, when they hear, okay, that's what we're talking about today. Most people immediately go to temptation. Most people immediately go to the evil one, Satan, the devil. Ah, today Josh is going to preach on temptation, on Satan. I wonder if any of your minds went right there. Totally understandable. However, let's not skip over the, the first portion of the petition, and that is do not lead us into temptation. The, the, the big given when we pray this prayer is that I am following God's lead. And wherever God goes, that's where I go. I am lining up right behind him. I'm, I'm following God's lead. Now, for me, when the, when the weather's warmer, one of the, the things that I just love to do with my kids is I love to go on bike rides. And so uh, my oldest son, Isaiah, he has a 12-speed because the kid is sophisticated now. And so he's got a 12-speed. And he'll be the kid who, he'll be the hipster riding from the Rosendale Farmer's Market with wicker baskets on the front and the back, filled with produce and a little cup holder with a $9 cup of coffee. That will be my son someday for sure. And then there's Luca. He's the middleman, my middle child. And he's, he's kind of a sporty kid. So he's a uh, He's got a one-speed BMX, pegs in the front, pegs in the back. He's, he's a wild child and loves to do all kinds of tricks and kind of freak his mother out. And then there's our youngest, Nora. And uh, little Nora, she's still rocking the training wheels. Uh, she's got the pink princess bicycle. And uh, she had learned to ride without the training wheels, but then she broke her arm this summer, and now she's backslidden. And uh, she's back on the training wheels as of a few weeks ago when it worn back up a bit. But uh, I, I, love, I love going on bike rides with these guys, but what will happen is I'll, I'll typically try to take them out on these bike rides kind of one at a time rather than having like a Wyatt family train through the city because that would be incredibly dangerous. And so one at a time, and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, grab them and say, hey, listen, here's, here's the deal. Um, you're going to follow right behind dad. You're going to be right behind me. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go wherever I go. And, and I'm very mindful of where I'm driving my bike. So as long as you're right behind me, you can even make a, a, a line with your tires and my tires. And where I go, you just trace that line. And okay, dad, we're, because here's the thing. I know how easily distracted my kids are. Anybody? Anyway, like, I'm not a kid, and I'm easily distracted. Squirrel, right? So my kids, most certainly, and, and so they're, they're, they're unaware often of the dangers. And so what I'm constantly doing is I'm looking ahead while I'm driving my bike and seeing what's coming at us so that they don't get, you know, smashed. And, and I'm looking at, you know, intersections that are coming up and thinking, okay, what do I need to do to protect uh, this little person behind me. And I'm also kind of looking behind. I'm looking over my shoulder and seeing what's coming up behind them that, that they don't see so that if, if a car's coming up, what I'll do is I'll pull up onto the sidewalk and they can go with me along the sidewalk until the car passes as we're weaving through uh, various residential. I'm just constantly aware. Why? Because I love them, right? I, like, I, as much as they drive me crazy, I love these little kids. And, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. Sometimes they do get distracted and they do do their own thing. Like there, there have been times where I'll, I'll ride my bike up onto the sidewalk because I looked over my shoulder and I'll see a garbage truck coming or something big. And so we'll get up on to the shoulder and, and, and I'll look back and they're still on the road. 
And now they're running parallel with me and they're not up on the shoulder. So what I'll do is I'll pull over and say, get over here. And, and we'll have a little, a little talk. Why? Because I'm a killjoy? Be, because how dare they ignore my authority over their lives? No, Be, because I'm a loving father and I love my kids alive better, right? And so I want my kids. So Ephesians 5.1 says that we are to be imitators of God as dearly loved children, that we are to imitate God knowing that we are loved. And he wants us to, to follow him and, and imitate him because he loves us. He knows that we can be easily distracted like, like children, but, but he says, I want you to believe that I love you and when you follow me and you do the things that I do and you, you live how I've, I've called you to live, I, that's the best, right? I'm displaying my care for you all along the way. Proverbs chapter 14 verse, verse 12 says, says this. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to death. So my kids, right, like, but dad, this way looks a lot more fun than getting up on the, well, that way leads to you being flattened by a truck. And so, no, you follow me, right? If we lead ourselves, it can often lead to spiritual death. We also know from scripture, John chapter 10, verse 10, that the enemy, Satan, he, he's real, He's not some like force. It's not yin and yang and the dark side. No, the, the Bible tells us that he's real, that he was an angel. He's a fallen angel and he's real. Now he's not, he doesn't have all the powers that God has. So it's not like yin and yang. It's not like Jesus over here, Satan over here, equal scales. That's not it at all. In fact, Satan can't be everywhere at one time like, like God can be through the, the means of the Holy Spirit. He, can't, he doesn't do that, but he does have a force behind him. He has, he has other fallen angels behind him. He has very real power and so he's real and the scriptures will tell us that he comes he and all his his people behind him he comes only this is all that he does he doesn't have a little bit of good and and mostly bad no this is the only thing he does he only comes to steal to kill and to destroy that's it that, that's what he wants for you and so even though it might seem like man this is good this is he's saying no i'm tricking you i'm leading you astray because I'm going to kill, and I'm going to steal from you joy, ultimately. I'm going to destroy you. Jesus goes on. He says, but I come that you may have life and life abundantly. And so my, my first question for all of us in this room, from different places, I get it, where some of us are here, and you've been a Christian for a while. Some of you here, you're not a Christian. You're here with a friend, or you're just kind of checking this thing out. Wherever you're at, my first question to you is, are you following God's lead? God is calling us to, to, to come up under his leadership. And so, are you following God's lead? And I'm not just saying like you're saying, I'm a follower of God. But are you actually looking out for God and, and saying, I want to do what you do. I want to imitate you and I want to go where you go. I'm following your lead. And whenever you pray this prayer, you are praying, God, lead me. God, I'm not going anywhere without you. Father, Abba in the original language, or, or Dad, wherever you go, I want to go because I trust you and I trust your plans. And I don't just trust you to keep me from death and eternal destruction, but I, I trust you to lead me to something that's, that's good and, and greater and, and, and is pleasurable. That, that's what God has for you. He said, I came not so that just so that you don't die, but I have come so that you could have life and, and have life abundantly. 
So back to my bike rides. Of course, as a good dad, I'm leading my kids away from death. And when I go up on the sidewalk, it's so that they will live, essentially. But also, I, I, I'm doing it because I'm trying to lead them towards life, uh, abundant life, towards pleasure, towards joy, and, and just straight up fun. I want my kids to, that's why we're doing it in the first place, right? It's because I want you to enjoy hanging out with me. God wants you to enjoy following him. I think a lot of Christians have this idea dating back from like monasticism that like to follow God means, you know, like pain and suffering and misery. And that's not what God says at all. No, God says, yeah, in this world you will have tribulation. It's going to be tough, but take heart. Like not just take heart in heaven, take heart now. I want you to enjoy life now. That's what God wants for you. So, so back on my bike rides, of course, I'm, I, I want to lead them to, to not just away from death. If, if that's all, I would just stay in the house. But I want them to actually have some, some fun. And so for, for my, my middleman, Luca, uh, I'll take him to this one spot in West Roxbury uh, where there, there's this piece of sidewalk, this section of sidewalk where a root from a tree uh, in somebody's yard came up underneath it. And it, as it's grown, the sidewalk has kind of bowed up like this, and if you're anything like me, and Luca, what do you see when you see this? You see a, a projectile, right? You see a ramp, and so if you get enough speed, we'll fly, and I'll bring Luca there knowing that if we get enough speed, he'll go flying through the sidewalk, and he absolutely loves it, right? That, I intentionally bring him that way. For Isaiah, I, I intentionally bring him to places in West Roxbury where I know it's one way, it's not right by Center Street, and, and it's easy going, it's flat, because the kid just wants to ride and talk. He, he's, he's, he's my communicator. He, he just wants to talk. And, and then sometimes we'll, we'll head over towards a coffee shop and get him a kid's hot chocolate, and we can just talk about the deep things of life. For, for Nora, I'll, I'll take her to a bakery. <laughs> and, and she's in, or, or I'll take her, because she's still on tricycles, you know, or in uh, training wheels, towards the Arboretum, because I know that you know, she's the most distractible of my children, and I can just set her free because she, there's no cars out there, and she can just kind of do her own thing, or we'll ride to Dunkin' Donuts. That's how, that's how she rolls. And, and, and for you, I, I believe similarly, the relationship between God and, and, and you is that God wants to give you not a generic ride. I, I believe God wants to give you a custom ride. I believe that God wants to give you a custom tour through this life. And, and this week, while preparing for this sermon, I've just been thinking uh, beyond the Lord's Prayer, but, but specifically in this section of the Lord's Prayer, just the, the phrase, lead us, and thinking through various occasions in the Bible where we, we read about God's leadership. There's just a number of occasions in the Scriptures where we hear about God leading us. And we should be happy to follow his lead, knowing that he, he's got a good plan for us. He's got the best plan for us. I mean, think, think with me through what I would say maybe would be the, the Old Testament equivalent of this prayer is the, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, the Psalm 23 could be said that, you know, this is kind of the Old Testament version. It, it says, he leads me, but where? Think about it. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me to, to green pastures. He, he leads you to good things. He leads you to refreshment. He leads you to provision. He wants to lead you to, to rest. It goes on and it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Do you hear that? He leads me in paths of righteousness. Not singular, but, but plural. That there are, are many right paths. There are, 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 are many paths, paths, plural, of, of righteousness. One way, but, but many paths, right? 
true north is always only Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He, that's a good, loving, gracious thing that God does for us. A lot of people say, we want, we want there to be many ways to heaven. God says, that would be confusing. Here's what I do. I say there's one way. I make it very clear. This is how you know that you know that you know that you're right with me is, is through Jesus, right? And so there's, there's, there's one way, that's Jesus, but there are many paths. You're, you're going true north, that's Jesus, but there are many paths to get to Jesus. So let me explain another way. Uh, today, after church, as it goes on, on most Sundays, it often looks like this. We, we will drive here in separate vehicles, not because we hate the earth and want to pollute her, but, but we drive in separate vehicles because we have to get here at two different times, but we often will leave at the same time. And, and a little parenting hack for you is we split the kids up into different cars, and then, you know, the percentage goes way higher that they won't fight if they're in different cars because they can't. And so uh, that's one of the things we do, and, 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 and we'll often be pulling out of this place at the same time together, and at that point, it is on, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, we're both going home, but it is so on right now. A little bit of a friendly race. Why? Uh, following the speed limit and not breaking any laws, but we'll have a nice friendly race back to, uh, back to uh, our place in West Roxbury. And uh, what's, what we found is that there's all kinds of different ways to get home. There, there's one direction. There's one way, right? We are going north and west. That's how we're, we're going north and west. But there's a lot of different zigzag ways. You can go straight down Center Street, cut over uh, by Tedeschi's. You could, you could go up down Center Street just a little bit and then cut over on the parkway. You go Center Street right behind the bank and there's all kinds of... Uh, we've learned all the different ways and, and, and what will probably happen is I will win because I'm just better uh, than my... I'm just kidding. But uh, there, there's, a lot, there's one way, northwest, many paths. And, and I believe that, that God has a custom route for you. That God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what will thrill you. He knows which path for your life will bring out your, your skills and, and your gifts that he has given you so that you can serve and do your part to, to, to serve the neighborhood here, to, to serve the world, to, to serve his purposes. He knows what's going to trip you up, and so he's going to try to lead you this way. He knows what pitfalls to avoid, so you got to keep your eye on him. you got to keep your eye on his leadership looking right at him. Don't go looking left and right and looking at somebody else's map. Anybody ever been guilty of that? I have. Like looking at somebody else's map that, that God has drawn up for them. They're, they're going true north. You're going true north. But man, I, I really like that. Why do they get to go here? Why do I have to go through the water? And they get to go around the water. Well, because they would drown if they went through the water. God knows that you're, 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 you're stronger in this area. And, and you need to know, you should be honored New perspective. You should be honored at the challenges, the difficulties that God allows you to go through. Because God is saying, listen, by allowing you to go through some of these challenges and some of these difficulties, one of the things he's saying is he's saying, much like with Job, he's saying, I didn't cause it. I'm allowing you and I could st I'm allowing you because I know that you can get through this and, and bring me glory all the while. That's an honor. It's the Christians of the early church, as we read about, they, they found it an honor to suffer for the name of Jesus, to go through difficulty for the name of Jesus. What, is, what does Psalm 23 go on to say? Though I walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? 
for you or thou art, you are with me, right? Like I can, I can follow you, God. I can follow your custom route for my life as long as I'm not on this journey alone. He says, you can know that you don't have to be on this journey alone. That I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you. And so he, he leads us. And as you look through the Bible, you'll see that he leads us different paths, plural, of righteousness. One way, Jesus. And there are some, some common themes that, that nobody seems on this earth to, to, to get past suffering and, 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 and trial and, and difficulty, right? Nobody on this earth gets off the hook for the mission that God has given us to love people well in the name of Jesus. But though there are common themes, every path is really unique. And the Bible gives us stories, not so that we can look at these stories and say, okay, that's exactly how it's, no, they're descriptive, not prescriptive, for you to say, okay, God was with Joseph when that that was messed up, and, and God was with him. God was with Paul when he was shipwrecked, when he was beaten, left for dead. And, and, and God was with Mary when she went through this crazy journey of being told that you're going to have the Messiah, but then they, they're trying to kill your son. I mean, it's just, that, but God was with, and you can look, and not to say that's going to be a, like a blueprint for my struggle, but it's a picture of, of, of the fact that everybody's got a different story and God is, is with them in us all. And so he leads us on unique paths of righteousness. Now, as I told you we needed to do is not skip straight to the temptation, straight to the evil one and Satan and all of that, but to start by, by talking about his lead and asking, am I, am I following his lead, God's leadership in my life? Am I, am I looking? And, and as I pray, am I regularly saying, God, I want your leadership in, in my life? And, and think through that prior to going to the rest of it. And, and if we can do that, what you're going to find, I think, most of the time the issue is, is that you're looking to the sin and the struggle and you're not looking to God. And what we need to do is we need to look to God and follow his leadership and trust him with all this other stuff. We would be following his lead. And here's how we follow his lead. We follow his lead by opening up the Bible on a regular basis. Like he's saying, I drew a map. I've given you some instructions and I, here's how I want you to, to live. Now, the stories are, are descriptive, but there are some very, very much so some prescriptive things in here for you. This is how you are to live. And, and, and opening up his scriptures and applying the Bible to, to our lives. This is not some book that's reserved for clergy and theologians. This book is meant to be something that we read and we study and we live by. and We're constantly mining out the depths of the truth of this, this book. And so we, we, we follow his lead by opening up the book. We follow his, his, his lead by by, by obeying what we find in the book. That, I think that's one thing. We like to read maybe, but maybe we don't want to obey and obey the, tr- the, the tough stuff, knowing the history that God was with them when it was hard for them to obey as I read their stories in the Bible and they obeyed and wow, God was faithful. So now I know that I can obey him and trust him and he's going to prove faithful. I, I can know that he, he is leading me to still waters. It, it might be a little further off than, than I thought. The, the green pasture might be a little further off than I, I would like it to be, but he is leading me there, and i got to stick with him. And we also follow his lead by, by coming to him in prayer. You know what I think prayer really is? It's, it's renewing. It's, it's a regular renewing of our decision to, to follow him. Like, try this. Just wake up one day this, this week, and just wake up and say, hi, God. That's a renewing moment because you're saying, I'm waking up and I'm acknowledging that you are here and that I believe that you are real 
and I believe that you are present, and I believe that you hear me. Hi, God, or hi, Father. Wake, wake up and, and do that. Pray to God, and, and you're saying, I'm, I'm renewing my decision to follow you. I'm talking to you. I want you to know what's on my heart, and I, and I want to hear from you. And also, we, we've got to follow his lead by just constantly walking in the Spirit. Now, that seems like some kind of like elusive, mystical experience. Like, what is that all about? The Bible lays it out for us in, in Galatians 5, 6, that, that we're to walk in the Spirit, that we're to live by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, that he has, he has placed within every one of us to help us to be full of joy and to help us to be full of love and to help us to be full of hope and to, to be peacemakers on this earth. If we're to, to walk by the Spirit, it's we're to walk in this conscious awareness of, of God's presence with us. In this constant uh, posture of God, not me, not my strength, not my will, but your will and your strength and, and your power. And so we start with leadership before we get into temptation and the, the struggle. Uh, similarly, when, when coaching uh, my eight and nine-year-old baseball team, um, I don't lead with teaching them the characteristics of a bad swing. <laughs> I lead the season with teaching them how to swing a bat. <laughs> Here's what a good swing looks like. And, and that's why we open up here. We, we lead in with following God's leadership. We got to know what it looks like to follow God's leadership. And if we get that, we can, can get you know, victory through most of the battle. Again, though, as I said, temptation will come your way. And so just for our next few moments together, our last few moments, I just want to think about temptation. We, we've got to think about temptation. He says, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The first thing that we've got to know as we're thinking through temptation is that God does not tempt anyone. Let me put some scripture on the screen. This is James chapter 1, 13 through 15. It says, this is the little brother of Jesus actually speaking. And here's what he says. He says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts who? He, he, I just want to make sure you know this. He tempts who? He tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, uh, brings forth death. And, and so where does temptation come from? We know it does not come from God. He tempts no one, but it comes from our own desires. We've got to know that the seed of every sin is inside of our hearts because the the sin nature from Adam and Eve and their initial decision to to, to disobey God and and he gave them utopia and and said "I, I got one rule one law don't touch this tree not because he's a killjoy but he wants to see that they trust him that he knows best for them that they're they're gonna say I'm not a robot and I I have no option but to trust God but but I have an option to, to distrust God. He gives them that freedom and they choose to distrust God. And the Bible tells us from that moment forward, we have sin because of the sin of Adam. It's, it's within all of our hearts. That seed for every sin is in, inside of all of our hearts. And every single one of us is capable of sinning. Every single one of us is capable of falling and falling hard. And so it comes from our twisted hearts, our sin nature, no temptation ever comes from, from God. God himself tempts no one. And, and we pray, lead us not into temptation, not because if we don't pray that, God will lead us to temptation. That's not why we pray that. 
It means that we want to be led by you, and we know, God, that when we're led by you, you're not going to lead us to destruction as the enemy wants to do. You're going to give us spiritual protection. You're going to lead us away from sin, away from temptation. Not, if I don't pray this, he's going to lead me. That's not how, it makes sense? Sometimes people get confused with that. Why would we pray, lead us not into temptation? Does he want to lead us to temptation? No, that's not it at all. But we will be tempted because the seed is, is within inside all of us. And, and, and Satan wants to destroy every single one of us. But here's a really good promise to latch on to. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Check this out. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Did you catch the promise in there? That with every temptation, we will be tempted. With every temptation, God will provide a way of escape. That God will provide a way out. A, a way to say no. A, a way to, to, to go towards purity. A, a way to follow his leadership towards safety. So, can you join me again one last time on my bike? All right, one, one last time on, on my bike, uh, on the road with my kids. And, and when they don't follow me up on the sidewalk and they're heading towards danger, one of the coolest things about the sidewalk is that if they miss this off-ramp, just a little further down, there's another off-ramp because of a driveway cut through the sidewalk and another off-ramp because of the driveway and another chance and another chance and, and another chance. If you've missed getting up on the sidewalk, if you've missed your off-ramp to sin and you are heading towards sin, you are heading towards destruction and you're heading away from God's plan, God's best for your life, know this, this is not the mass pike where if you miss the off-ramp, you got 20 more miles to the next stinking exit and then you got to do a U-turn and go 20 miles back and so now it's 40 miles and you're frustrated and you're angry and you just want to punch something, right? It's no, God is gracious. And God says, you missed it? He doesn't say, get out of here. No, the Bible says that we have forgiveness after forgiveness after forgiveness and grace upon grace upon grace. He gives you a way of escape and then he gives you another way of escape and then he gives you another way of escape so that you can know that wherever you are this morning, you're not too far, that you missed it. You're not like almost to Albany right now, right? You are, you're all right. You've got a way. You've got an out. Maybe you're here this morning because God's saying, I'm giving you an out. I've got a, I've got a good plan for you. I experience this. It's funny. Whenever I, I'm preparing to preach something, I, I get to experience it really, you know, really up close and personal. So it's always like scary when I'm going to preach on family or scary when I'm going to preach on marriage because I'm just bracing myself. And I, get, I do. I get people around me like, pray for me. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. And so uh, I, knowing that I was going to preach on this uh, last weekend, um, I was presented with the opportunity to join in on some really good, juicy gossip. And uh, I just, I, I kind of went in knowing that it would probably come based on uh, past history with um, a, spe a few specific people. And so I remember I, I sat down for some food and uh, these particular people sat down with me and I'm like, oh gosh, okay. And I was ready. I'd brace my, myself. And sure enough, the opportunity came and here they go. 
And uh, it wasn't that it wasn't true. It just, I shouldn't be talking about people, even if it's, it's tr- I, sh- I should not try to, I should not try to, you know, speak negatively of anybody. And I could have vented with frustration. I could have continued on the road and not taken the off ramp and just burned a little more rub- rubber, you know, burned some, some fumes. Because, uh, man, I'm telling you, I was frustrated too with whatever person that we wanted to, to talk about a little bit. But I, I, I looked for the off ramp. I, I knew that the possibility was going to come. And so I'm like, okay. And, and I'm telling you, the off ramp came about as tangible as it possibly could come. It was so cool. We're sitting down and they start. And I'm like, all right, God, where's the off ramp? the door opens up. And I'm not saying like door as in spiritual jargon, like there was another door. God opened, closes one door, he opens, no, like literally a door opened up and a person walked in like, hey, sit down. Now, sit down, really, mean it. (laughs) And so they they sat down with me and I was able to, hey, how you been? And just completely like dodge this whole opportunity. It was, it was so good. Off ramp, right? And I'm sure if I missed that one and I slid back, there would have been another off-ramp. And, and there probably would have been another off Don't play chicken with oncoming sin. Don't, don't play that game. And know this, if you fall, and, and you will fall, we all fall, we all struggle. Christians aren't people who are better than anybody. We're just people who say that we're forgiven because we've trusted in God. We're forgiven, not better. Does that make sense? God has forgiven us, but we're just as much a mess as any, anybody else. But, but if you fall, know that, and when you fall, know that your sin doesn't just affect you. You hear that? I mean, maybe you need to write that down because that's like really crucial. Your sin does not just affect you. Your sin affects other people. Remember back in the Lord's Prayer here that we're, we're, we're digging in, there's an us in this line, as there's an us in, in all of these petitions, right? Lead us not into temptation. You know, that table that I was sitting around last week, as I told you, I was sitting around this table, and, and right there were a few other people who were a little bit younger than me in faith who looked up to me as kind of a spiritual leader in their life. If I didn't take that off-ramp, that, that way of escape, what would it have meant for them? They would have got all in the conversation, they would have thought this is totally cool. They would have perpetuated Christians, bitter, goofy, you know, talking about each other. It's just not at all reflective of what God has done for us, that he's forgiven us. And it would just messed up their understanding of the message of Jesus, the gospel. You see what I mean? Like God forgave Josh, but Josh can't forgive others. And You see, it affects other people. How's the saying go? I was trying to get it this morning. Um, the larger the giant, the harder his fall, something like that. The larger the giant, the harder his fall. Let's say it this way. The larger your influence, the harder your, your fall. Like as a Christian, there are definitely people looking at you saying they're following Jesus. And so there's naturally eyes on you. Like let's see what that means. Are they going to be like all the other Christians I know who are a bunch of hypocrites or weirdos or, Right? Or, or as a, as a Christian, you, you, Christian parent, or any parent for that matter, you've got, you've got children looking at you. You've got, you've got people, if you're in any kind of leadership, who are, are looking at you. And so there's an us when you say lead us. It's not just lead me. Like, I don't want to fall here. But I also know that when I fall, it's going to affect other people. For me, it affects my wife. It affects our kids. It affects 
our church. It therefore affects our community. I'll never forget the first time I'm sitting in my office in Princeton and had a mother and a daughter come barging into my office and they were sobbing. Like, oh no, here we go, what happened? And they had just found out that dad had cheated on mom with some other woman. You don't want to tell me that, that, that his sin, it's just, it's just me, it's just my issue. No, 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 no. Totally jacked up that, that family. Dad had a little collision with Lady Lust. Crashed, destroyed, not just him. He literally, he went on and got sick. And it just didn't give him the, the, the everything that he had hoped. It never does, does it? Checking with people who cheated on their spouses years down the road. It's not, it's not what they thought it would be. Grass is always greener. And then it affected the family as well. And as with all of the other elements of the Lord's Prayer, there's an us in it. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Your sin affects other people. And so, before you get there, I want you even just in this moment to think about who are the other people, who are the, the us in, 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 in my struggles. Right? And then I want to encourage you to do this right now. Call out your temptations. Call out your temptation. Because if you don't identify your areas of weakness, you are that much more likely to fall. If you don't call them out, you're that much more likely to fall. So, so name them. Is it gossip? Man, I'm tempted. I, I, I have this history or this proclivity to talk about people in a negative way. Is it lust? Is it an addiction? Is it, is it lying or embellishing? Is it, is it you know, maybe being short with the kids and easily angered? Is it, is it believing lies of you're worthless, you're nobody, when the Bible says, no, that's not true at all. God values you, God loves you, and you're believing those lies. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe there's a little hint of racism in your heart. Maybe there's, maybe there's idolatry in your heart. Maybe there's a, a love of money over people in your heart. Maybe there's, there's faithlessness in your heart. Uh, maybe you have a proclivity towards some of these things. Call these things out. Name your temptation or name your, your chief struggles, the things that you've sinned in, in the past that you tend to fall back into, and, and, and name it. And, and here's your assignment. Your assignment is write those things down somewhere. There's something about getting a pen and a paper and writing it down and saying, I'm calling this out. This is it for me. And even better, if you would be so bold to take it a, a step further and tell somebody. Tell somebody you know. Tell somebody you love. Who, who You know they know you and they love you. Here's the things that I've identified that are my, these are my struggles. These are the things that I keep falling back into or I, I'm kind of tempted with. I heard recently of a, of a, of a guy who was like, uh, he very quickly was, I never heard a guy do this before. He really quick, married man, went up to another guy and says, whoa, I just got to tell you, there's this other woman that just immediately like, wow, she's attractive and just help me because I need to get out. I can't. And I was like, wow, that's okay. But I, I think that's a good move. Like confess, like I, I, help me. It's not sin to have that moment. It's, it's sin if you, if you allow yourself to go that route. And so just name your temptation and, and tell somebody else and get the, the help because there's an us in this whole thing if you fall. And you have the danger of not just shipwrecking yourself, but shipwrecking other 
people. And even if you say, I don't got anybody, I'm good. No, you do, trust me. You absolutely, you absolutely do. Another aspect to the us is that we have to be mutually responsible for each other's struggles. That is so clear in the Bible. That this whole Christian faith is that we're called to a people. Galatians chapter 6, 1 says that if anyone is caught in any transgression or, or sin or whatever you want to call it, you who are spiritual should seek to restore that person in a spirit of gentleness. So that means that, that we're mutually responsible for each other. That God says, here's, here's another command, that if they fall, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to help them out. And again, I've, I've shared this with you before, but the word caught there, if you go back and study the original language, caught is not like busted, caught you. I saw that. That's not caught at all. Caught as in like a, a ram caught in the thicket, right? Like an animal got its foot caught and he's stuck caught, right? And hey, let me gently and lovingly help you out and do it in such a way that it's not like yanking it and ripping open a wound even more. How many times do people do that? Man, they, they try to help somebody, but they do it in such an aggressive and awful way that it further hurts people and pushes them away. No, it's gentle. Gentle. In a spirit of gentleness, right, we're to do this. But we've, we've got to say, I'm accountable. I, I want to I help as well. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that my, my, th- this morning. I'm trying to do my part. And the us piece. My part is to, to open up the scriptures on a regular basis and to teach you what what it says, and, and, and I'm trying to teach you, trying to do my part in this whole mutual uh, accountability thing. And, and my part is just to remind you that we've got to follow God's lead. We've got to take these off-ramps in the midst of temptation. We've got to know that God's way is better. And trust me, I have tried both in lots of areas of my life. And I keep coming back to, wow, God's way was better. Why well, was I an idiot? And in that moment, not trusting God, not following his lead, not taking the off-ramp that, that he gave me. And so how does God want you to respond this morning? Whenever we open up the scriptures, we want to ask, how do we respond? Maybe for you this morning, you need to just, you need to take me seriously when I ask you to name your temptations. That is a good, simple next step. Like acknowledge it. Not just a little mental assent, but actually these are the things that I, I struggle with doesn't even necessarily mean these are the things that you've fallen into, but I have, a, I have a temptation here. Maybe name some of the things that you've had a collision course with in the past. Name those things. And then open up and, and, and get some help. Get some, some care. And, and, and not, you're not gonna, here's what you're not going to find at our church is you're not going to find a bunch of people judging you like, oh, that's, a, that's juicy, man. And then we're all going to start whispering about it. No, you're going to find people who want to help you in a spirit of gentleness because we care for you. We don't want you to get caught or stuck, right? God wants you to be moving forward in his path and not stuck on the side because you fell off or, or flat because you, you just got smashed. Or maybe today, what God's doing in your heart, the thing that you need to do, the way that you need to respond is you need to say yes to Jesus. You just need to say yes to the leadership of Jesus in your life. Believing that God saw us in our sin and what he very easily could have done is said, wiped his hands of us because he made us for a relationship with him and we go and live our, our lives apart from him. He could have said, fine, you can have what you want. 
But God in his love for us, he pursues us. God becomes a man. Jesus takes on flesh. He knows all of our struggles and yet he was sinless and, and undeserving of the wages of sin, death. And, and yet he died willingly, died up on the cross. They, they said, if you're God, why don't you hop down from the cross? And he doesn't hop down from the cross. Why? Because he's, he's up there. And when it looks like the weakest moment a, a man could ever be in, naked and, and humiliated and dying on a cross, it's actually the strongest moment of God because God is on the cross taking on his shoulders the sin of humanity so that if we trust in what he has done as our substitution in our place, we can be made right with God so that our sins have been paid for, they have been dealt with because we trusted in Jesus. And so some of you today need to say yes to the leadership of Jesus because it didn't end there. He didn't get buried and wow, that was, wow, that was a cool story. Three days later, he rose again and now he's seated on the throne and he says, I want to be Lord of your life. Not because I just want to flex my power because that's just fun for me. But I want to be Lord of your life because I love you. And if you follow my leadership, I'm telling you, green pastures, still water, mission, purpose, worth, value. That's what God does for us. That's what God has for us. And so if that's you today, then just a simple prayer as we pray here, you can just call upon the name of Jesus. And in that moment, the Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you are saved. You are saved from that head-on collision that every single person is going to have with sin. You can be saved from the eternal consequences of sin and made new and right with with God because of Jesus. That, yeah, we're going to sin, we're going to struggle, but we are heaven-bound because of the grace of God for us. And so would you guys close your eyes for just a moment while the band comes up here and and prepares to lead us in our final song. I just... I'm just asking you to close your eyes, not because there's anything spiritual about closing your eyes, but just simply to, just to get distractions out of the way and just to think on our own lives. Would you just think about where you're at and what we've talked about? Back to the initial question. Are you following God's leadership for your life? And again, not a mental ascent of, yeah, God, you're my Lord, I follow you. But does your life truly display that I am under the leadership of God? I am seeking to go where he goes. Or are you saying, I just want to be independent of you? Wherever you're at, whatever God's doing in your heart, you can answer that question and respond accordingly. Some of you, for the very first time, giving your life to Jesus. Yes, becoming a Christian. Yes, being made new. Yes, receiving a mission, receiving very present help in time of need. So again, in your own words, you can call upon Jesus. And I'd ask that you do us a favor and just let us know afterwards. Maybe on that card, you can just check a a spot there that just says, uh, today I'd like to, to trust in and follow Jesus. So we can celebrate that with you. And we'll send you a little book in the mail to help you grow. Others of you in here, maybe you need to talk to somebody and you don't know of an immediate person that comes to mind that you can, you can walk through some of this stuff with. Just put that on your, your card. I'd like to talk with somebody and we'll be reaching out to you. So let us know how we can be praying for you. There's a section on your card for that as well. But I want to give you the chance to respond. So God, thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that it really does... Uh, have real bearing on our lives. And if on our lives, on our our community's lives, 
our city's lives, New England and the world. God, may we be very mindful of the us in this prayer. May we be very mindful of the faith to follow your leadership. God, I pray that you would send us out of here today, people who are just really ready and looking to follow you. Not just just this kind of half-hearted Christianity thing that our world knows, but a, a real sincere, I follow God in a way that changes my life. And so, God, do that work in us. And we'll be very careful to give you the glory for what you do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.